Hey, friends and fellow coffee lovers, welcome to Faith Coffee and a Kid podcast. This is Cherie, and I am coming to you on a very snowy Saturday afternoon here on the East Coast. Um, if you're in this part of the country right now, you are experiencing probably some snow and some high winds, actually. So I hope you're staying warm and cozy in your home. And I thought, what better day to do a podcast, right? Um, so I wanted today to talk about a woman who did an extraordinary thing, but is really quite ordinary. And that is Mary, right? There is something about Mary, and I'm not talking about Cameron Diaz, Mary. I'm talking about Mary, mother of Jesus. Um, last year, I was in a ladies' Bible study, and in that Bible study, we were studying the different women of the Bible, and it's really quite amazing how God just uses the ordinary to do the most extraordinary things, and I really feel that it can be such an encouragement to us because sometimes when we know that God has put an assignment on our lives, we shrink back a bit, right? Because we may feel that we are unequipped or not talented enough or don't have the time or the resources. And then hop on social media and see people doing things just what it looks like as perfectly. It can be quite intimidating, right? But listen, we are created in the image of God. And he tells us that we are already equipped to do his good works. And when I think about the story of Mary, I think what better role model um, to look at as a woman who is just, you know, and was an everyday, you know, young girl, young teen, unwed mother, you know, um, who brought forth the savior of our world. And so today I wanted to talk about nine lessons that I spoke about um, in this Bible study. And the nine lessons are the lessons that we can learn from Mary and implement in our own lives. So I'm going to go through these and then I'll tell you how you can get the PDF and the download in the end of this podcast. Okay. So the first lesson is submit to being a servant of the Lord. Now, in 2022, we are very careful with our words, okay? And I think that's a good thing. And so the word servant may not always come across as kosher, right? Like it can have a negative connotation to a lot of people. But when we talk about a servant of the Lord, a servant is a devoted and helpful follower or supporter. And we are to be servants of the Lord, right? We are to be devoted to him and follow him regardless of the cost. You know, when you say yes to being a servant of the Lord, your desires, your fears, your apprehensions and hesitations, all those things can take a back seat because God is in the front seat. Serving the Lord overrides all the distractions that hold us back from doing his will. Mary clearly identified herself as a servant of the Lord. If she had any fears, she kept them in the back seat and focused on the driver who was driving her down that road, and that was the Lord. Matter of fact, in Luke 138, she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Mary's desire and devotion to be a servant outweighed her fear of man, right? Because think about it. She was this unwed young girl. I mean, 
who knows what could have happened to her? I mean, she could have faced death and ostracized. She was could have been ostracized, and you know. But all of those things, all of those things that man could have brought down on her, she had a greater calling, right? She had a calling. She was worried about being a servant to the Lord. That was her focus. And when your focus is being a servant to the Lord, then those fears that can overcome us are taken. Are, are taking a backseat, right? Because God is going to lead you. He is going to lead you. When you're a servant of the Lord, he is taking care of you. So Mary's servanthood to the Lord really is a legacy for us to follow. Okay, lesson two, believe in what the Lord says. Blessed is he, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord said to her will be accomplished. And this was in Luke 145. Now, can you imagine what was running through Mary's mind when the angel told her that she would conceive and give birth to a son and that son would be Jesus? I mean, again, here's this virgin, never touched by a man, being given the news that she's going to bring forth a son. I mean, talk about shocker, right? She was going to do in what all, you know, human eyes is absolutely impossible, but Mary believed in what the Lord had said and that his will would be accomplished. You know, the lesson that Mary teaches us here is that we need to unwaveringly believe in the Lord, even when it doesn't make sense to us. Because remember, God's ways is not our ways. And thank God for that, right? Because sometimes we have it on our heart to do something that the Lord is telling us to do, but we hesitate right? Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't seem rational, but God has the perfect plan and will for our lives. But this requires us to view God through our spiritual lens and not our earthly lens. Through our earthly lens, we're going to see limits, right? Because we have limits as human beings. We have limits. God, however, he is divine. He is limitless, he, there are no limits. So anything that he wants us to accomplish for his purpose, we can believe 100% that it will happen. We can believe in him. So as Christians, we need to believe in God and that he is capable of doing anything in our lives to not shrink back from any assignment that God has placed in our heart because we can believe in him for no word from God will ever fail. As the angel said to Mary, you know, there's so much talk right now about fake news and fake this and fake that and what you can trust and what you cannot trust. But this is friends. One thing you can always, always trust. And that is God's word. It will never, ever fail. Okay. Lesson three, be in awe of God's sovereignty. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. You know, as we read Mary's story in Luke, it's very easy to kind of forget or skip kind of the song that Mary has. It's this beautiful expression of her love in Luke 146 and praise of God. She recognizes his awesomeness and power and sovereignty, not only in her life, but in all creation. She rejoiced in the Lord and acknowledged the great things that God had done for her. And she, you know, this song though, reminds us to glorify the Lord and be reverent of his mightiness. 
You know, in the hustle and bustle of our daily lives, it's easy to forget to rejoice, right? Especially if our focus is on the problems, if our focus is on just getting, you know, to the next thing, we can easily forget to rejoice in him in all of our circumstances, right? Because he gives us that peace that passes understanding. He is sovereign. And, and he is in control. He is merciful. And I think in this world right now, we really need to remember his sovereignty, right? Because there's some scary things going on. I mean, you can look at the Ukraine and you just feel so um, lost for those people and, and it can feel hopeless. But we have to remember that God is a sovereign God, that he is the same yesterday and today he has created this world and he is in control of everything from now until eternity. Okay. Lesson four, God can use the ordinary to do the extraordinary. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. By all accounts, Mary was ordinary. She was just like you and I, right? She didn't come from a wealthy lineage or social status or any of those highfalutin things that one would think a person who was chosen to give birth to the Messiah would have. No, she was just a young unwed girl that God had chosen to bring forth a savior that would change the course of the world. And the angel greeted her by saying that she was highly favored. Do you know that God finds favor in you, you know? And we are not unequipped. We are not not capable because God has favored us. We are instruments for God to use in his good works. So scripture does give us countless examples of how God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. And he can use you too, but you do have to say yes, right? You have to say yes. You can't be afraid of the power that God has in your life to do the things that you don't think you're capable of doing. Because who are you? Think about when Moses, you know, Moses was one of those other ones who was really said, I, I can't speak, Lord. You know, and the Lord said, I will put the words in your mouth. You know, I will speak for you. Like, that's what he does. He gives us exactly what we need when we need it. Okay, lesson five, choose obedience. Mary had said, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left. What stands out about Mary to me is her obedience. She was willing to say the big yes and the many, many other yeses that came along with that big yes. When we practice obedience, we can partake in God's best plan for our life. Even when obedience is difficult and you don't want to do it, you can be sure that when you are being obedient, that God is going to do his work. Okay. He is going to do his work. You know, sometimes when we think about how difficult it can be sometimes to be obedient, right? Like, Maybe you don't want to be nice to somebody who's been like really crappy to you, but we know what God says. We know what it means to be obedient. And guess what? He's going to bless you for that. Obedience is our way of getting divine direction in our life. God has a plan to prosper you and not harm you. And you know this, it's in the Bible, right? It's one of our favorite verses, but do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? And are we really willing to do what is necessary? And what is necessary is to be obedient. 
there is nothing in your life that is unknown to the Lord. Okay. So when I think about Mary, I just think about how much we can learn from her heart of obedience because that was her motivation, right? God looks at our heart and Mary's heart was to be a servant of the Lord and to be obedient. And next lesson number six, be a woman of courage. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. This is in John 19, 25. You know, Mary showed great courage in her life, both as a young girl and as a woman, and as a mother who saw Jesus crucified on the cross. Mary was given a great gift, but with that gift also came suffering. And we can see that in our own lives, right? We have so many blessings, our children, our parents, our family, our friends, our church. But with that blessing, there is suffering. That is just the way of life, right? And in that suffering, there is blessings. It's reciprocal. And she did not shriek away from that. Mary showed courage when she was that young, unwed teen, right? And she showed courage when she sat at the feet of that, the foot of that cross, seeing her baby son that she had in that manger on that sacred night, who was brought into this world to save the world, to change the course of humanity, she sat there and saw him crucified. That had to be unimaginable pain that I hope none of us would ever have to go through, right? I can't imagine what that would be like. But Mary had the courage to sit there and in, 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 in that blessing of having Jesus, she sat there through his suffering as well, you know? And I just think of our own lives, how we see our, you know, I, my dad right now is sick and he's been such a blessing in my life, you know? And it's so hard to see his suffering, but it's also such a blessing and a privilege to be able to hold his hand through it. And so be a woman of courage and know that it's through God, when we lean on God, that we can have courage. It's not through ourselves, right? It's not through our human capabilities, but through God's strength that we can bear the unbearable with courage. Okay. Lesson seven, be an encourager and a good friend. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home in Luke 156. We know that Mary and Elizabeth were cousins and Mary traveled while pregnant to go see Elizabeth. And when she saw her, there was such a joy, right? A celebration, so much so that the baby leaped in her stomach, in Mary's stomach, right? And as sisters of Christ, we should be intentional about sharing the good news. We should be intentional about rejoicing with each other and celebrating and being an encourager. You know, when I've been going through um, the sickness with my father, I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how blessed and how thankful I was for the encouragers in my life, the women of Christ and my friends who showed up in countless ways, you know, who prayed for me immediately. Listen, a praying friend you need in your life, right? You need that prayer warrior. You need that friend who will show up and give you a hug and just talk you off the ledge. As sisters in Christ, we can learn from this intimacy of Mary and Elizabeth that it's important to take time to encourage and inspire one another and, you know, pray for each other. Take time to make that phone call. So often we just, you know, we all are just communicating text and, and different ways, but take that moment to just hear somebody's voice, say hi. 
Um, yeah, write the text. Um, you know, write a letter. Write you know an, a letter of encouragement. Give a hug. Just show genuine interest and really never ever doubt the power of friendship and in being an encourager. Be that iron that sharpens iron. Okay, number eight is stay faithful. Again, Luke one thirty seven tells us for God's for no word of God will ever fail. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Sit in expectation, my friend. Sit in expectation. Mary was a faithful servant. She had confidence in the Lord's plan, whatever that meant for her life. Okay. And she had assurance and she was steadfast. One of the most significant lessons that we can learn from Mary is to be faithful. Okay. And share your testimonies. You know, when my dad was sick and it looked like he wasn't going, it looked like February 8th was going to be the last day of his life. I was dying inside. I was heartbroken and freaking out. But let me just say this. I had friends who reminded me of God's power, of God's servant, you know, uh, sovereignty, of the, the testimonies that people have shared with me, the miracles that I saw. Drawing upon that gave me this sense of peace, knowing that God is in control and that, you know, he can see, he can do things that are beyond what we can ever imagine, right? So share your testimonies too with one another, because that helps others when their faith is wavering, because listen, it will waver, right? It will waver. We're human, but share those testimonies to build each other up. Okay. Number nine, know when to let go. Uh, there's a section in Luke 2:41 where Mary is looking for Jesus, who is a young boy at 12, and she can't find him. And she finally does. And she says, son, why have you treated us like this? I mean, guys, I don't know about you, but losing my child is like one of the biggest fears of my life. And I can't imagine how it would feel like if you thought you lost the Messiah, right? So Mary is a little upset, Okay. And Jesus said to her, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? So Mary had to learn to let go so that Jesus could do what he was put on earth to do. And as a parent, I feel like I can relate to this and we can use Mary as an example of how to let go, right? Because as a parent of a teen who just turned 16, I am learning that bit by bit. And it's difficult. It's not an easy thing to do for me. But I know that it is important. It's an important part of the process of parenting is to let go, to allow them to um, lean on God, to let God work in their lives, right? Because they're not ours. They're not ours. They're the Lord's. And so that art of letting go, you know, quickly, I let my daughter go on a uh, service trip to New Jersey. And at the time I was in Pittsburgh and it was nerve wracking because I don't like not being that close to her, but and a couple of people were very, you know, oh, you shouldn't let her go. You shouldn't let her go. And I prayed about it. And I knew in my heart that God said, let her go. She's not yours anyway. Right. And I let her go and she had an amazing trip. She had an amazing trip. If any of you have teens, check out the Romero Center. It's in Camden, New Jersey. She had a wonderful time that I think changed her life a bit, right? Now she wants to do a mission trip. And see, that's how you, you create that space so that your kids are able to 
form that relationship with God, but also you start them on their own path, right? So that God works in their lives so that they understand their assignment. Okay, so those are the nine lessons. I hope you enjoyed them. I am going to post this link of the PDF on the show notes. It's on my website. There's a blog, um, and you'll be able to read a all the nine lessons. There's some reflection questions and also an area for you to reflect. And so I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you have a beautiful weekend and you stay blessed and you share these lessons with one another and that, you know, you just know that God has equipped you beautiful, ordinary, extraordinary women to do everything um, that he has called you to do. So until next time, I will see you soon. I will talk to you soon. Enjoy your weekend. And thank you for listening to Faith, Coffee, and a Kid.